Good afternoon, everybody. Um, it's a real privilege and honor to um, fellowship with you uh, this morning and afternoon. And uh, it is so wonderful to see a lot of new faces. Um, I haven't visited for a while, um, but uh, it's clear that the Lord is doing wonderful things in this house. Can I hear a good amen? And uh, we thank the Lord for this congregation, this ministry. Um, and it is a real privilege. I mean, uh, Pastor Aisha mentioned it. Um, it's been a real privilege to be on this journey, to be part of this church, this ministry, and this work. And for somebody who um, was really honored to be there at the beginning and see things develop, I'm still bowled over and amazed about, by what the Lord has done. Um, the different churches, the eight churches in the UK, churches, uh, two churches in India, the ch two churches in Kenya, the, I think, is it 14 churches in uh, Ghana, and uh, roughly the same in Sierra Leone. Um, it's, it's wonderful. I think the Lord deserves a mighty round of applause. It's really wonderful. And apart from that is all the different ministries that have been raised. And then also there have been real quality men and women of God who the Lord has seen discipled through this ministry. Um, my respect goes to Pastor Joe, um, who has spearheaded the work tirelessly for over 25 years I have witnessed it with my eyes. And uh, we want to thank the Lord for his life and want to thank um, him for giving me the opportunity to visit and want to thank Pastor Aisha and Pastor Angela and the ministers in this house and the good-looking, beautiful men and women here. Turn to your neighbor and say, he said I'm good-looking and beautiful. Yeah. Don't worry, men, you're beautiful. Don't worry. Yeah, because the scripture says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Huh? Yeah. What a privilege. Well, um, I want us to turn to Revelations chapter 2. Revelations chapter 2. And I'll read um, from verse 1. It says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and has patience, and for my namesake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Hallelujah. 
I was so encouraged when Nicholas came and he gave his word to the mature believers and he mentioned about how we need to return to our first love. And I'm just hoping that the Lord will help me just to share what is in my heart. And uh, so let me just pray and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the honor and the privilege to be in your presence and in your house, to minister to you and to also receive from you. Father, we ask that you will continue to bless, that you will cause your presence to increase and you bring much life to your words of life and you cause your words to touch our hearts and bring the transformation that you want to bring. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the oil that rests on this house and the liberty that exists in this service today. We declare this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Your first love, your first love. When, when the Lord spoke to, to the church at Ephesus, this particular word, he went through and he listed the things that the church had done. They had done some really amazing things. There, there was a stance for the Lord. There was a position of righteousness that they had. They, the, the scripture says they labored. They worked hard. And it was clear to the Lord that they were a church that were hardworking. They also exhibited a lot of patience. And they knew how to also discern and rightly divide from good and evil. And had the strength of character to be able to challenge those who said they were apostles who were not apostles. This was a very powerful church. And they had done all these amazing things. But there was one thing that they hadn't done. There was one thing that the Spirit of God was requiring of them. And he said, you have left your first love. You have left your first love. And somehow, I want to, uh, by the Spirit of God, I, I want us to be stirred today for our first love. Our first love is really uh, the only true and living God. And if anybody here who has experienced uh, um, earthly first love, where you, 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 you met somebody, um, and often it would be some time back, maybe when you were younger, and your heart was smitten, and, and you were so moved in your passion and your love, because that's what first love is. First love is a very unique kind of love. It's intoxicating. It's very strong. It's very passionate. And, and it, it moves you and it, and it stirs you. In fact, you are so fixated by the, the person who you are in love with. And you want to spend time with them. And you want to be with them. And you can spend hours with them. And it feels like just moments. Your first love. The first love is so powerful. That what it does, it leaves an imprint on your heart. So much so. That when, unfortunately, let's say you break up, you will always remember your first love. In fact, 
first love is so strong that that love lasts forever. You will forever be thinking about them. First love. And God is saying to us that we must return to him. We must come back to our first love, which is him. Now, what I find amazing, and I'm, I'm thinking, do you know what? It means that when God looks at us, he sees us as his first love. The Bible says he's loved us with an everlasting love. The Bible talks about, we see how God pursues us. Even when we were taking communion, communion is about really talking about how God was pursuing us through Jesus Christ, his son. And I'm thinking God obviously loves all his creation, but there's something about man. There's something about you and I who God loves us so much. The Lord did not die for angels. He did not die for the 24 elders. He died for human beings. In fact, Christ came as a man. He, he took upon himself uh, human flesh so that he can pursue you and pursue me. There's no greater love as a man for his friends that he would die for his friend. This is what we call first love. Can I hear a good amen? So it means that as he's loved us, in fact, the scripture says, because he's loved us first, we love him. And I believe the Lord wants to stir us up today so that we can begin to rekindle the first love. Because many of us, if we cast our minds back, because none of us will forget the time when the Spirit of God touched our hearts. And when he touched our hearts, there was a stirring. When he moved upon us, there was a wave of his presence and of his glory and of his life. And it was so beautiful and it was incredible and it was intoxicating. It was so amazing. It shifted us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light it was so powerful that we began to change and look like him his love was so incredible that he decided not to just be beside us or be on top of us but he wanted to be in us so he cleaned up our spirit man and caused us to be born again and now he lives in us this is what we call first love can i hear a good amen and the Lord wants us to pursue him with everything. And so I want to combine this, this, this issue of, of us returning to our first love with the vehicle of prayer. Because you see, in order for us to return to our first love, there has to be a pursuit. The pursuit, really we can call it seeking God. To, to, you can seek God through his word. You can see God through dreams and visions and, you know, through, in fact, I got all this from Pastor Joe's book. It's very powerful. Let me continue. Page, I think it's 113 onwards if you want to go there. You can pursue God through creation. You can pursue God through literature of godly men and women. But it seems as if God, has, God is primarily experienced. One of the main ways is through prayer prayer and so the lord wants us to not only return to our first love in terms of things we do for him yes we do. in fact because we love him that's that's what causes us to do but it, it mustn't be you're doing it to ex somehow express his love the first thing is you love him 
And out of that realm and out of that experience, you then do things. Because the, the, the church at Ephesus, they were doing great things. Because you see, what can happen is this, that we can be doing stuff for the Lord. We come here Sunday in, Sunday out. We set up midweek. We go to cell. We go to CLTI. We go to prayer meetings. We go to training courses. We go onto the streets. We share the word. We get people saved. We move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, etc. We do incredible things. We war in the spirit. You can do all those things. And if we're not careful, we can miss the primary thing, which is loving the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. But somehow today, I believe the spirit of God is going to come and rekindle something in us. He's rekindling something in us. It's almost like the Lord is brooding over us. And there is a little fire that's in flickering inside. And God is going to cup his hands around it. And he's going to blow upon that fire and stir it up. So, not, he, so we don't have just a little flicker of fire. But we have a blazing, raging fire inside of us. So that we can be passionately in love with the Lord our God. Can I hear a good amen? Prayer is the primary way. It's the vehicle by which we experience him. God wants intimacy with us. You know, God wants to spend time with us. In fact, God has said this. I don't want to share you with anybody. I don't want to share you with nobody. I want you for myself. I don't want to share you. In fact, he says this. He talks about how, now paraphrase it. He says, if you don't hate mother and father. Now, what does that mean? The God of love is talking about hating? No, he's talking about how. The extremity by which we should be passionate for him. First love talks about foremost. First love talks about the first thing. First love talks about priority. We love our friends and family and, and uh, uh, spouses and etc. But nobody must be put above the Lord. Nobody. In fact, sometimes it's not even people, but it's things. Sometimes it's our cars. I've seen some people who they polish their cars every day. They put, I saw one guy, he had his polishing it, and then he would just, he would, you know, when you bend down, you want to see the reflection to make sure, you know, he bent down. He wanted to, he, he, and then he would go back there. He was hitting that one area. We've seen it. There's other times we will, we will spend a lot of time on the TV or on games. Or on pleasure. But by the grace of God, there is going to be a change today. Can I hear a good amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a rekindling happening in me. The thing about first love is that it exposes your insecurities. Those of us who perhaps can remember. Because what happens is, when you begin to love somebody with this kind of love, what happens is, you begin to experience jealousy for the first time. And it's very intense. And you're thinking, what's going on? 
Especially when you find that the, the, the time your lover is spending with other things pains you. Do you know the scripture talks about how God is a jealous God? You know what is interesting as well? It says that his name is jealous. I'll read the scripture. Exodus chapter, <clears throat> Exodus chapter 34 verse 14. It says, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. For the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. You know, jealousy is defined like this. A mental uneasiness from suspicion or fear of rivalry. Of unfaithfulness. It actually involves a vigilance in maintaining or guarding something. God watches over us passionately in love with us, wanting our attention and wanting to give us all his attention. And so there has to be a new orientation in terms of how we respond to the Lord on a day-by-day basis. Let me encourage you to begin to set time aside, to prioritize the Lord. In fact, the first commandment is this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul with all thy might with all thy strength probably in the wrong order but that's what it says that's the first commandment and then the second one is like this love your neighbor as your as love your neighbor as thyself so love is a fundamental aspect within a godhead in fact the scripture says god is love and so it means we need to prioritize the lord in terms of how we pursue him and you pursue him through prayer. So you prioritize daily spending time with the Lord. Daily waiting on him, talking to him, ministering to him, pouring your heart out to him. You're going to find that when you embark on this, you're going to find that things will come to try and fight or take that time. I want to encourage you to resist that in Jesus' name. Because we must demonstrate to the Lord that He is our all in all. We must show him that we love him with everything. We must demonstrate to him that nothing will come between us and him. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. Now the thing about this intimacy with the Lord is that as we become intimate with him, what happens is his nature begins to rub off on ours. You see, you do life out of God's presence. You do life out of relationship with him. And so when you rekindle that intimate, that intimacy with him, you become empowered by him. You become strengthened by him. Because in his presence is fullness of joy and his right hand is pleasures of more, fruitfulness will begin to uh, um, be exhibited in your life. Can I hear a good amen? You will find there will be new strength that will come upon you. You will find that his nature rubs upon you and you'll be like him. In fact, because we're created in his image and in his likeness. And so it is essential then, therefore, that we make sure that daily we spend time with him. When you look at the life of Jesus, 
You see, Jesus did not mess up when it came to his time with the Father. The scripture talks about he would wake up a great while before day and spend time with the Father. He would spend time with the Father the whole night. And what will happen is, is that he will hear the Father say certain things. And he will see the Father do certain things. And out of that experience and encounter, he will then engage in the earth out of the things he saw the Father do and out of the things he, he heard the Father say. And so then he'll be doing and he'll be saying. He'll be doing and he'll be saying. Let me tell you something. This intimacy with the Lord is not one way because as you are intimate with him, you'll come out of his presence and you'll be saying and you'll be doing. And you'll be achieving and moving forward and saying and you'll be doing. That's why there's some of you are going to move in miraculous power because you're in his presence. Some of us here will have the wisdom to deal with very difficult decisions because we're in his presence. Can I hear a good amen? Some of us will be able to do battle against the enemy and prevail and win. Why? Because we've come out of the presence. Because when Jesus came out of the presence and he will encounter different people who had need, the demons will be screaming out. The, 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 the issues in, in, or in ailments in people's bodies will be dealt with. Blind eyes will be open. Ears will be open. The lame will walk. And then the ultimate is this. The those who were dead will be resurrected. I've come to encourage you that out of God's presence, there'll be resurrection in your life. Can I hear a good amen? You see, God is a redemptive God. Which means he's constantly redeeming things. He's constantly touching things and bringing life to those things. And so when you spend time with him, the Lord is continually redeeming something in you. He's continually working in you. To do of his good pleasure. But you see, when you look at the earth, God redeemed the earth. God is, that's his nature. He's constantly redeeming. So could you imagine, you're in his presence. The Lord is causing the dead things in our life to be resurrected. Can I hear a good amen? I'm talking about things that are born on him. Because there are dead works that need to remain dead. Can I hear a good amen? But there are certain things that are born of God, that are dormant or that are dead. And God will you and cause those things to be resurrected can i hear a good amen that's why there are some ministries in this place that are going to be resurrected can i hear an amen there are things that have been lost that you are going to find once again because god is redeeming can i hear a good amen god is redeeming in this place hallelujah he's redeeming the thing about first love is this you attach all your hopes and dreams to it. You attach all your hopes and your dreams to that first love. Because as far as you're concerned, this is going to be forever. So it's like everything. In fact, first love makes you vulnerable. Because you, you, you open, you give everything. It's like... It's like if you're playing uh, poker, you know part of what they do. I'm not saying you do. I'm saying when we watch it. Can I hear a good amen? Turn to somebody and say, you don't play poker. Hallelujah. That's right. But when you watch those playing poker, what do they do? You find that at times they will say all in. 
everything that they have, whether it's millions, whether it's houses. Or I heard that one guy, he, um, he bought this house. He didn't live in it. And he was playing poker. And he went all in with the keys also of this villa, beautiful villa in Lanzarote. And he lost. So he owned the house for one day and he didn't even live in it. But he went all in. Guess what? When the Lord is dealing with us, he goes all in. Can I hear a good amen? It's all in. He gives us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. And so in our response to him, we also give all. We also pour out. We also pursue him with everything that we have. And here's the thing. We also attach to him our hopes and dreams. Are there any hopes and dreams in a house? Are there any desires that you want to see manifested? When you relate to the Lord in love and passion, you are able to hang all those dreams and all those hopes on him. And God will, especially if it's in line with his will for your life, you'll find God will cause you to break through and receive those things. Can I hear a good amen? Turn to your neighbor and say hopes and dreams. Hallelujah. So let me quickly just go through a few things in how we can seek God's face. We can seek the Lord. First Chronicles chapter, I think it's 15 verse 11. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. When you look at the scripture, it is actually, you can see there are three points within it that will tutor us in terms of how we should pursue the Lord. The first one is we should seek after the Lord. We should seek after him. Philippians chapter uh, 3 verse 10 says this, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. The apostle Paul was saying that I might know him. That I might experience him. That I might know him. That word know means intimately know the Lord. And so when we seek after the Lord, that's what we're doing. We're seeking to know him. We're seeking to come close to him. See, to know the Lord is, is, very, is the most important thing in any relationship and we must pursue that so seek after the lord the second area is we seek his strength seek his strength seeking his strength is being able to tap into the supernatural power of god being able to tap into god's ability into our lives so there may be situations that we need god to touch god to change so seeking him to draw power and anointing from him to change a circumstance in our life is, is welcomed by the Lord, seeking his strength. The third area is this, seek his face evermore, okay? We need to know his heart and we need to uh, pursue his favor. So when you seek his face uh, um, uh, forevermore, evermore, what it's talking about, that is the ultimate of knowing the Lord. 
The ultimate thing is knowing God's heart. And it takes effort. And it takes us uh, prioritizing our time and everything so that we can experience that dimension of the Lord. Moses experienced this. The Bible said he spoke with God face to face as a man will speak with his friend. And so the Lord wants us to have intimacy with him, to, to know him, to, to know his ways, to embrace his heart. When we experience this, I'm telling you, you find your life and ministry and walk will move to another level. Can I hear a good amen? Who wants to move to another level? Yes. And so these three areas, I want to encourage us to begin to pattern after it. Jesus is our model, and he pursued the Father in like fashion. Let's seek after the Lord, that is to know him. Let's seek his strength, that is supernatural power. Let's seek his face forevermore. That's knowing his heart. Moses had such an experience with the Lord that, in fact, it, it talks about how Israel knew his works, but Moses knew his ways. I declare over us that we will know the ways of God. Can I hear a good amen? We will know the ways of God. And so we must use the vehicle called prayer on a daily basis to pursue the Lord. Prayer is something that you must not joke with. Prayer, you must hold it very high in your agenda for the day. It is the, it is the vehicle by which we connect with God, by which we communicate with God. And as we daily build on this, it enables you to go deeper and deeper and deeper into the Lord. Amen. Amen. Who wants to return to their first love? Who wants to experience intimacy with the Lord? I want us to stand to our feet and I want us to pray. The scripture tells us that we've left our first love. The church in Ephesus, that's what they did. They, it's almost like they put it aside. They forgot the pursuit they had with the Lord in the early days. But the Lord is saying, return. Return. Pick up that rhythm of life once again. Pick up that lifestyle again of knowing the Lord. As we do this, you will find the Lord will begin to reveal to us greater aspects of his person and will experience great intimacy. So what I want us to do today, I want us, if you feel that you want to rekindle your passion for the Lord, you want to return to your first love, just wanted you to raise both hands and we're going to pray into this. Just raise both hands and I want you to begin to lift your voice and begin to say, Father, I return to my first love. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. You know your life, your privacy. 
Begin to ask him to rekindle that fire for him once again. Come on, let somebody lift their voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. We heard about how the mature believers have to return to their first love, but this is for all of us. Come and lift your voice. Talk to the Lord and say, Father, I want to return back to my first love. I want to pursue you with everything that I have. I want to know you intimately. I want to walk with you. Rekindle that love once again in my heart. Give us grace to pursue you, living God. Give us a fresh mantle. Empower us. Oh, Heavenly Father, help us. Oh, somebody just reach deeper into the Lord. Reach deeper into Him. We are at the throne of grace. Let's ask the Lord to stir us. Stir that new love. Stir that first love. My God. Come on, press in, press in, press in. Press in. in this place we must return to our first love my God 